Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. You can follow all of my work at trib.com. Follow me on Twitter at by underscore Ryan Thorburn. We're getting ready for the traditional signing period on Wednesday, so I figured I would uh, bring in Ian McMacken, the publisher of the uh, Wyoming Rivals site, goyogo.com. Uh, Ian, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well, Ryan. How are you doing today? Doing great. Um, you know, obviously, most of the hay is in the barn in terms of, you know, Wyoming signed 13 high school guys during the early, early period on December 21st. Uh, they've added, you know, obviously some transfers, a couple junior college transfers, uh, Vanderbilt wide receiver, but not a lot really expected on Wednesday uh, Last year, obviously, they had the surprise with Deshaun Woods, the highest-ranked guy in uh, you know modern recruiting history at Wyoming, was a late signee. Uh, anything like that, or do you think it's going to be pretty quiet? No, I yeah, I don't think we're going to see any major surprises. I think this uh, recruiting class has been pretty much tied up. Uh, obviously, not a whole lot of seniors graduating out of this program so in turn um there's not going to be as obviously with the transfer you know picking up a couple transfers and getting most of these guys signed on in mid-december i wouldn't be expecting anything surprising i know that there's been a lot of uh, pwos making announcements on the on twitter that you know they're coming to wyoming so there seems like there's gonna be a lot of walk-ons coming in too but I wouldn't expect uh, much more to add to this uh, recruiting class. Yeah, you're right. Uh, only six seniors, and that includes uh, Parker Christensen and, and Jackson Marcotte, who kind of have their degrees or working on you know graduate degrees or law degrees, and just kind of decide to move on late. Uh, you know, obviously they only introduced four seniors on uh, the Boise State game, so really. Uh, it's kind of unique. They're kind of still dealing with, you know, the COVID extra years for a lot of guys. And I know fans get all caught up in the transfer portal and are adjusting to that new era. But, you know, as I wrote about in the Sunday Star Tribune, just kind of updating the roster, nine transfers, you know, a couple of years ago, that would seem like get into panic mode. But when you look at the rest of the Mountain West, Wyoming's actually fared fairly well compared to most teams in transfers. And so with the extra year guys and really the lack of transfers compared to everyone else, the lack of seniors, you know, a 13 man class is about really all they had room for other than, you know, a few transfers coming in. Yeah. I feel like we're, uh, the program is better situated this year than it was at this time last year. Cause they had the transfers, but they also had a lot of players graduating. You know, they had a fairly big senior class last year. But this year, with only six seniors, as you mentioned, uh, graduating and then really pretty limited uh, transfer issues this year. I think a lot of people, not you, Ryan, you're usually on top of it, but some other people in the media tend to have trouble discerning between uh, contributors that are transferring guys in the program that were contributors that had a a pretty good future in the program versus players that just weren't uh, working up the depth chart at all. And I, I know we, nine, I think you said there were nine transfers out. I think maybe four of those nine transfers were guys that were actually going to contribute 
here in the near future. I'm not too confident the other guys transferring out had a huge future in the program. So, yeah, obviously the two guys that, you know, started most of the year, Joshua Cobbs, wide receiver, is now going to go to Houston. Um, you know, Cam Stone, uh, yeah. Cam Stone, starting cornerback now at Hawaii. I mean, I guess you could technically say Houston is a power five because they're going to the Big 12, but. Yeah, obviously Hawaii, in my opinion, is a step down. You know, I, other than living on the beach or whatever, right? <laughs> you know, obviously Olu Omotosho was in the rotation with with Siders and Harris, but you know they love Sebastian Harsh. You hate to lose Olu. That's probably the number one guy they probably hated to lose from a talent standpoint. He's at Oregon State now, but it's not like he was. You look at Devon Harris's year and what Siders was doing in the bowl game and what how they talk about Harsh. I think, you know, there was no guarantee that Olu was going to get as many snaps next year as he got this year. So the other six guys, I really haven't heard of anyone landing anywhere. Um, and I'm not, you know, trying to badmouth them or anything, but it's not like last yeah. year where you had a lot of guys going up to power five, a lot of guys that everyone knew their names, to your point. Um, so just with the Josh Cobb situation, obviously uh, they've got a kid named Devin Bodie coming in from Vanderbilt. You know, I know Vanderbilt is not a great program, but it is in the SEC. Uh, what have you heard about him? I think he's a slot guy. Um, obviously, yeah, I think he, yeah, I think he's going to be a contributor, a chance to contribute immediately. There's no doubt about it. I think Joshua Cobb's um, talent, pretty talented receiver, but I think he's replaceable. I think Wyoming kind of has a number of those type of receivers in the program now, like a Joshua Cobb's. To you know, the Brown could step up next year. Um, those type of players. This kid coming in from Vanderbilt can be one of those type of players. A slot, and they have the Caleb Merritt kid at, at slot. I don't know if you know much about him. If he was making any progress during the, during the off season, but he seemed to have a lot of talent. Uh, then you got the Jalen Sargent, the kid out of uh, Logan, Utah. So they're, I think they got the receivers there. I think there's other issues with getting that passing game going, but I do think they got the receivers going, but I think the Vanderbilt kid will, uh, he's going to be in on, on spring ball. Obviously he's going to be able to contribute there. So I think he'll definitely be in the mix and somebody to keep an eye on. Cause I think he, he has some talent, you know, some decent talent stuff. So, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, Titus Swinn getting kicked off the team now entering the NFL draft. Uh, I thought, you know, the high school guys are great and we'll talk about them, but getting Harrison Whaley, I think during the early signing period, the running back from Northern Illinois, out of everyone new coming in, I, obviously he's going to have the biggest impact. Yeah, we got to watch him play a couple of years ago in that shootout down at uh, Decatur. Is that Decatur, Illinois? They play. I can't remember. DeKalb. I think you were DeKalb. I'm sorry. Well, that was a shootout. We got the 28 point lead or whatever, but he looked really good in that game. And he definitely had some burst. And you can definitely see him fitting into Bulls' uh, run attack, his offense. You can definitely see that with that speed and stuff. So he certainly is going to be a big addition to kind of make up with for the loss of Swin. But we do have some nice running backs returning next year into the rotation. And I think this uh, freshman, this kid that's going to sign uh, Keeley Parks, Keeney Parks out of uh, Wisconsin could be a real talent, a really good pickup for Wyoming. He looks good. 
good on tape. He's actually one of their highest rated recruits. Plus, he was one of really the top athletes in the state of Wisconsin. So it looks like Bull does a pretty good job of generally stock keeping the running back covered stocked up pretty well. So, yeah, I mean, Parks, according to the Rivals database, is the highest ranked guy that's signed with Wyoming. I think he's mm-hmm. might be number two overall player in Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, they don't have a history of playing true freshmen, but, you know, depending on if DeWine McNeely can stay healthy, uh, you know, if DQ James can come back from his injury, you know, obviously, you know, we've talked about Whaley. There might be room for him to play right away. I know he has track speed and, you know, Wisconsin has, has been a good spot for Wyoming to recruit lately. I think out of all the true freshmen, you know, he might have a shot. Yeah, I think so. And it's as we learned at the end of this season, it's uh, it's good to have some depth in that running back cupboard. Um, so you never know. So the, the talent seems to be there. And chances are he may not be obviously the impact type running back immediately, the priority type running back immediately. But um, sort of to have him, knowing that he does have that talent available, and, and get to you about Wisconsin. Wyoming has really picked up recruiting in Wisconsin seems like the previous 10 years, I didn't really remember a lot of uh, players coming out of the state of Wisconsin, but something up there, why the current staff obviously likes something what they're seeing in Wisconsin right now. Yeah, they're doing well in Wisconsin, Illinois, Nebraska. I think that's a smart play to go to some of these Midwestern states where, you know, pick up guys that are overlooked by the Big Ten, guys that are used to snow, guys that, you yeah. know, are used to, to that sort of thing. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah, you know, you got to get the skill athletes out of Texas and the speed out of California, Texas. Everybody likes to say that's where all the speed is. So you do have to go down there and get some of those skill players. But you really got to build the Wyoming core of the roster and the, the, the team from places that you just mentioned, plus Colorado and Wyoming. We can get some good players out of the state of Wyoming. That's kind of the bread and butter of the program. And uh, we seem to have had a lot more success with with a lot of those players. And it's good to see Wisconsin on the map. I know it used to be Minnesota, Illinois, and now they're Illinois and Minnesota is obviously still in there now. But um, it's good to good to see that state in there for sure. So, yeah. Speaking of Texas, uh, I believe Navarro College is in Texas, and they're getting a cornerback from there, Tyrekus Davis. Uh, you know, obviously losing Camp Stone, you, you have. Ja'Cory Hawkins and Deron Harrell played a lot last year. Uh, I think Davis could be a key factor this year. I know that when Cam left, the staff was still pretty confident that they would upgrade at that position via the portal. And so far, Davis is the guy they've picked. I know he had some nice Mountain West offers and and chose Wyoming over some uh, teams that Wyoming fans do not like. So uh, Davis could be an interesting uh, guy here for Wyoming this year. Yeah, I actually like both Davis and uh, Day uh, commitments. They're going to sign on Wednesday. JUCO guys, we've had some success with guys, good junior college players through the years that have been selected correctly. We've had uh, some guys that weren't so good through junior college, both football and basketball. But I, I like these two pickups. We already talked about the defensive end, the depth at the defensive end position that we got in Wyoming with Harsh coming back, even though we lost Omotosho, you know, we got Siders, we got Harris, we got some of the younger players who could really step up there. So to add him into the mix, 
um, is just another addition. You, you can't have enough depth on the defensive line. So you, you can see him being an immediate impact type of player. And as you alluded to, the Davis cornerback, uh, Wyoming needed to upgrade the, uh, you know, not upgrade cornerback necessarily, but add add some depth to it with Cam Stone particularly moving on. So that was a really good pickup too. And when they signed on Wednesday, so I agree with you. I think we can certainly see those two guys making an impact next year. So. Yeah, Ethan Day uh, from Modesto Community College. You know, they had that flurry there. He committed to Wyoming on January 6th, mm -hmm. Davis and Bodie on the 7th. Uh, it's been quiet since then. Uh, I know they're, you know, they they don't have a ton of scholarships available, but, uh, uh, you know, so it's you know, pretty quiet there. But what about, uh, you know, fans, I'm sure on your message boards are probably, you know, you alluded to it. Uh, the receivers are there, but the passing game is not there. Um, you know, obviously, Peasley's coming back. They have some guys in the systems. Foboda, um, that's a developmental guy. Uh, Caden Becker from last year's class. But what do you know? Because I, I think it's kind of exciting that they have Caden Anderson from South Lake Carroll. Because you know, not only is he, not only is he six foot four and 205 pounds but he's on campus already rehabbing an injury and he comes from one of the greatest high school programs there is in this country so if i'm craig bowl and polisek i'm not saying you put all your eggs in this kid's basket i'm telling andrew peasley to wrap his arm around this guy this year and make sure that you know he's he's ready at least mentally to to get to compete to be the starter in 24 i mean it's not often Wyoming gets a South Lake Carroll quarterback. Yeah, that's true. I I mean, I think this was a really, really good quarterback to pick up for Wyoming because he has the versatility. He's a great, really good thrower. He doesn't look like a, a project like the previous two guys we just discussed. He doesn't look like a project to me as much. Every, every freshman quarterback coming in is going to have to go through a learning curve and develop parts of their game. There's no doubt about it. But this guy looks a little bit more natural as a quarterback. He's a good runner. He seemed to fit in with bowl. And it's great to hear that he's going to be coming in for spring ball. I think that's going to be huge. I really do. I think that's big. And um, out of all the recruits, I think he's the one I probably have circled more than anybody. He actually is the highest rated rivals recruit to sign with Wyoming at a 5.6. Keeney Parks is actually at a 5.5, whatever that means. Those are just numbers. But um, Anderson is certainly looks good on paper and looks like one of the, the better um, signs that the bowl has had at the quarterback position to me, this is what he looks like. So. Yeah. And I know it's like everyone's beating their head against a wall. Like when is Wyoming going to, you know, adjust their offense and be more pass friendly. You know, we saw flashes of it last year, obviously the Tulsa game, the start of the bowl game, you know, they, they can do it if they want to. They just get stuck in this rut of, of running the ball and completing, you know, under 50%. But, you know, we did see when they had a special guy in Josh Allen, you know, the defense wasn't at the level it is now, but back then, but they passed the ball a lot more with Josh Allen. You know, that's easy to say. You'd have to be right. yeah. checked into a mental facility not to, but I'm just saying if this kid is as polished, uh, more polished and maybe, than some of the guys they've had recently, like a Sean Chambers or a Levi Williams or even a Peasley. If he's more of a polished talent, 
um, maybe we will see a little bit more balance in the future. Yeah, I follow your line of thinking completely because I think he is maybe a more polished passer, and that's what he appears to me is to be more a polished passer, somebody that can, you know, come in and maybe uh, what we under Allen when uh, Bull was there, the one thing we did learn is the Wyoming will throw the football if they're more confident in what the quarterback can do, and they were confident in the receiving crew that year. I think we actually threw the ball really well that year with Allen, obviously. Then the next year, we didn't have all the weapons surrounding Allen. We didn't have the running back. We didn't uh, remember. We didn't even. I don't think we had a true running back that season. When I had one, he was injured, so it really hurt the offense. So I think if Bowl can have confidence and the offensive coordinator can have confidence in the quarterback being able to complete some of these passes, you, you'll see the offense open up a little bit more. We're still going to be a bread and butter run team. It makes all the sense in the world. That's how we recruited uh, our offensive linemen, our running backs are all, you know, those type of offense. We have one of the biggest offensive lines to the Mount West conference. So we're built to be a run team first, but you're right. I think you nailed it on the head. If it's polished out, the quarterback comes in kind of like a Brett Smith came in that one year, even an ACS came in that one year, they were a little bit more polished passers and we're able to have some success as true freshmen. Are there any other guys from this class that you're excited about? Obviously, uh, you know, they have a kid named Justin Stevenson, a wide receiver from Katy, Texas, who I believe is also enrolled early. Uh, I did a story on Tell Wade uh, from Ray, Colorado. He was the first guy to commit to this class. He's That was a good article, by the way, Ryan. Yeah, he's a classic guy that, you know, lives in northern Colorado and chose between Wyoming and Colorado State. So, those guys usually work out pretty well for Wyoming. Exactly. Like a Gabe Napton or, I mean, those type of guys. Like I'm, I'm thinking the linebacker that played uh, at Wyoming, uh, Tool was his name, Guy Tool type of players. I mean, they're all from that area. You had um, the defensive tackle that played in the NFL for a while. <laughs> How can that name escape me? But I know what Purcell. you're saying. I think, yeah, Purcell, but there's the other the other kid um, from Eden, Eden Colorado. I'm embarrassing myself right now. I can't even remember. <laughs> Pretty good player. He played defensive tackle before. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He was uh, on that goal line stand in the, the bowl game. Right, exactly. Uh, under so, Dave Christensen, yeah. yeah okay. Anyways, I'm, I'm digressing quite a bit here. But Tell Wade, great, great. I mean, he's one that you can just see being a really good good player at Wyoming. You know, and Easton Gibbs. I'm not saying it's going to be Easton Gibbs' uh, ability necessarily, but you know he'll be a very solid player but i agree the receivers look really good they're actually pretty highly rated on rivals um so the, the talent there is at receivers just getting the confidence in the passing game to open things up maybe make some changes um i do like uh the defensive tackles that wyoming is bringing in because i always think you can get some defensive tackles and build depth there because you never know when you might have some injury situations and you can rotate six to eight guy, you know, maybe not so much six to eight guys, but certainly with the defensive tackle, you want to at least have a four man rotation. So you always want to have depth built there. And that's not the easiest, easiest position in the world to recruit. But um, I, overall, I'm uh, the junior college guys, I think are really going to be assets this year. We know we got a, got a huge core of players coming back this year versus last year with experience. This football team should be more experienced on paper next year. There's no doubt about it. So all these little additions on the side that can kind of you know, improve the each position, the cornerbacks and stuff. So the, the junior college guys are certainly the, the ones I circle and the two transfer guys. 
coming in. Yeah, you mentioned Mike Purcell, obviously a stud from Northern Colorado that came to Wyoming, still on the Denver Broncos. Uh, They do have a lot of guys announcing that they're going to be coming, and sometimes it's hard to tell if they're scholarship guys or preferred walk-on guys until you kind of investigate it. But it looks like a slew from Colorado, including uh, Lafay Purcell, Mm -hmm. uh, clearly related to Mike because Mike retweeted it and said, keep family. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they got a safety, Jones Thomas from Colorado, a defensive end, Jordan Turnbull from Colorado, offensive lineman, Wyatt Walters from Colorado. These are all preferred walk-ons. And then, you know, I know Craig and his staff, in my opinion, have done a great job of uh, getting the best Wyoming players to Wyoming. Uh, you know, there's been, I think Craig was a little sensitive about not signing any on the December period because, you know, there's the kid from Sheridan that everyone is bugging him about, you know, a small kid that dominated the high school football. He's not been offered by Wyoming yet, or at least to my knowledge, uh, back-to-back player of the year in Wyoming. But they uh, did get two preferred walk-ons from the state in Atrona's Cody Crawford and Laramie's Abraham Bangura. So, uh, you know, you love to see that because those guys, you know, the track record from Natrona defensive players is very impressive and obviously – uh, Abraham Bangura. I happen to watch a couple Laramie practices. Laramie's not very good at football these days, but you're like, whoa, who's that guy? They did have one guy who looked like a D1 guy, and that's Abraham. Right. He's coming. Yeah. So, you know, you never know. Frank Crum was, you know, not great coming out of high school, and now he's really solid. So, uh, what do you think about these walk ons? Well, the Nick, you know, people aren't very positive about Frank at all. He's turned out to be a very good offensive lineman. But I mean, the physical appearance of these two players from Wyoming looks pretty impressive. So he looks like players that can really develop into really good good football players. And Jordan Bertinelli. Bertinelli, I should say, has been a really great find for that defensive line. And then we got another defensive tackle coming out of the same area, uh, Cody Crawford. He, he looks like he already has some pretty good size on him. So it's great to get these additional walk-on guys. You know, it just adds depth to the program. And then when some of them actually start looking like scholarship players, that really adds to the depth of the program. We won playing in the playoffs day, and Marcus Epps, he came to Wyoming as a walk-on. So I do agree with you. Bull's done a really good job with the walk-on program and also a really good job with, you know, recruiting the state of Wyoming. I think he's done as good as any any coach i can remember why i'm doing that and it's really helped our program develop depth because we know we need to have have depth so uh, very forward to look and see how those two guys develop over the next couple of years yeah obviously uh Bertinelli was pumped to follow in in logan wilson's footsteps not the same position but you know the same type of story and you know this kid's going to be uh excited to uh to, to learn from Jordan for a year or two. Um, what do you know about Colson Kuhn from Sheridan? Because, you know, obviously he's not a big guy, but he put up insane statistics in the state of Wyoming. I know people in Sheridan would like him at Wyoming and are a little miffed that he's not announced that yet. But from, from what I'm hearing, I don't know if he's getting FCS scholarship offers or not. I don't know. Um, well, I think he's getting some smaller offers. Um, I know I, the, a lot of guys in my message board do watch a lot of high school football, and and there's a mix of opinions. I know the guys, some of the guys are just straightforward, pragmatic, and they said they just don't think the guy can play. He's too 
play at our level. He's a very good football player, but playing at the Mount West level where, you know, we got a fit pretty physical, big conference of athletes. There's no doubt about it. You just look, look at the athletes that we have in this league. Um, so it's hard to say. I mean, then uh, I have other people that think because of his numbers and him looking like the best football player in the state of Wyoming, he should at least get a chance. So I, I think the size is an issue with him. Would you agree a little bit with the pessimism about him a little bit on the pessimistic side? Maybe it's the size more than anything that's kind of keep him away from being being the FBS level type recruit. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the size that you would look for. Uh, that doesn't mean he won't make it someday. Um, Are there some players um, in, in college football that you would compare him to maybe that from what you've seen? I'm maybe just trying to think. Played, I mean, at, played at Wyoming? Well, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, the guys that they typically have returning punts, which is mostly just catch the punt and – go five yards or, or true. catch it yeah, very are, true. are kind of his in his size. So I don't know. I, I would, I, I would hope that they've asked him to be a, at least asked him to be a preferred walk-on just because you just never know. And, you know, I don't know if they have or not, but uh, you know, we'll ask on Wednesday, but uh, you know, I know bowl was, a little bummed he wouldn't mention him by name, obviously, but Luke Talich going to Notre Dame really hurt these guys because that was tough. Yeah, it's not every year you all. get a stud from Wyoming that's being recruited by Power Five and Notre Dame. So, yeah. um, and and I I've talked about it before. I I hope Luke Talich crushes it at Notre Dame. He's a preferred walk on there. You know that could lead to a scholarship if he's as good as they hope he is. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, there's positives and negatives to the transfer portal one positive is if luke talich isn't getting the playing time or it doesn't work out there and he gets his degree at notre dame which i know is a big thing for him and he has eligibility left you can always come back so that's uh, true that's that's the positive you just never know and on the transfer portal so no <laughs> doubt about it yeah it's tough it's tough to have the, the some of these players get out of the state that, you know, Taven Bryant uh, getting out, the other kid that went up to Oregon. Do you remember his name? Cause you should know him. You, you beat right. Well, right they had the kid from uh, Cheyenne went to Washington. He was a star. Yeah. Okay. He didn't go to Oregon. Right. right. So it, it does kind of hurt a little bit. Especially, you know, you got the guy down at CU from Cheyenne. That's the center down there for Tad Boyle. Right. Right. The seven uh, footer. Yeah. Playing some, you know, to get, have those guys get out. It, it's never that fun to see them leave but it also makes you feel good to have guys like logan wilson and through the years uh, these type of guys uh stay in wyoming and have a lot of success so it kind of goes both ways but everybody deals with it i mean every state deals with it you think the buffaloes have lost all those players out of the state of colorado colorado state's lost their share of players even some to wyoming um so every state deals with it you think about uh las vegas unlv's lost a lot of their great talent to bigger programs so we just got to deal with it and i guess root on the guys that when they go somewhere else got to kind of cheer for him talents will be easy to cheer for by the way because his his brothers are such good players in wyoming back in the 90s so yeah his uncle and his dad were uncle his dad right? so. and uh his brother is currently on the wyoming football team so uh 
And we have one on the basketball team too. That's right. right. I think that's his cousin is on the basketball team. So uh, I'm surprised with the depth that's used with basketball. So we haven't seen some of those spot costs. Right. I'm just kidding. But, yeah, you know, they're probably about down to their talent or they were. I was getting team. nervous when we had seven guys available for a basketball game. It reminded me of the Heath Schroer era a little bit. And I'm not comparing uh, Linder anywhere near Heath Schroer with programs. Obviously, we're coming off NCAA tournament, but. That's just something I'd mention. So. Yeah, on the pantheon of things Wyoming football fans should worry about, recruiting in-state players I don't think should be one of them. I think they do a good job there. I hope it works out for Kuhn wherever he goes. Who knows, maybe he goes to a, a Montana State or somewhere and kills it and ends up you know, transferring up. You just never yeah. know. Um, We're living in a new world now with the transfer portal. And it feels it. I, I feel like Wyoming's kind of subtle a little bit. I know we didn't get a lot of players out of the portal, but I think uh, you kind of feel like we're maybe getting a little bit better handle on how to handle the portal and not having all those transfers out like we did last season. I think was pretty encouraging this this time around. So, yeah. Before I get you out of here, you kind of touched on it, but you know, I remember uh, we DM'd a little bit before the season when we were hearing about that EK had sustained an injury and we were kind of thinking it was a four to six, 68 week type of thing before they announced it. And when they did announce it, they said 68 minimum. Well, it's been about 12, 13 weeks. Um, I was at UNLV. He was dancing around in tennis shoes. He looks healed and ready to go. What does your gut tell you? Is EK going to give it a go during the second half of the season? Or is he going to wait till next year? I honestly don't know. I've listened to you actually on KFBC and I make sure I listen to you and I get excited when you're going to give us an insight on Graham Eakey. I was getting excited about it and I, I really, I could make a bet on this right now. Um, I'm hopeful that he'll be back um, because the one thing with, with, with EK is that he does have that COVID year. Remember that that COVID year that you get that automatic year. So he really does, I think, still has three years eligibility left. Um, so I, I don't know. What do you think? I don't. That, that's why I think on this. I think there's a chance he could be back Tuesday night because that would be great. Yes, technically, if he redshirted this year, he would have three more years left. But he's not going to be here three more years. He's too good. I was, yeah, I would be, you know, I think under the circumstances now that he hasn't played and he has more to prove that he'll probably be back next year. But beyond that, I would expect him to be getting paid in a professional league beyond that. So yeah, in that sense, I could see him wanting to come back and, and make a statement the second half of the year, come back next year and play that all American level and then move on. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I would think also in that period of time, he would be able to get his degree finished. So my sense is that uh, they've had a week off between games here and that if he's going to come back, I assume he's, you know, getting some practice time in and that he'll play, you know, a select number of minutes starting Tuesday night. If he's not playing Tuesday night or Saturday at San Jose state, my guess is he's just going to wait until next year because the last thing Jeff Linder or Graham E.K. or any Wyoming fan should want is for him to come back and re-aggravate it right away and realize that it was a mistake to come back, you know. Yeah, I think that's the last thing they, they want to happen. And 
it sounds like way lender's been talking um that that's the last thing they're going to allow it to happen but if he's healthy ready to go boy he steps out on the court on tuesday night what a light that will be for wyoming basketball after having about everything in the world imaginably go wrong the last two months it seemed like that weekend uh there was the weekend before we threw the interception at boise after <laughs> the miraculous fumble recovery from the meadowlands the miracle of meadowlands from 1978 right so we had the play and then I walk out of the bathroom and the next thing I see is this ball up in there and the ball gets picked off. It seemed like from that point, from a Wyoming perspective, not a media yeah. perspective necessarily, but as a fan's perspective, nothing has gone good since then. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it's every break you can imagine has gone against Wyoming. So him to step out, uh, was Winslow going to be back on Tuesday? What's your feeling uh, I think yeah. he's got a good shot to play some minutes Tuesday for sure. Yeah, I know he's so sprained that's an eight-man rotation. We got him. So he sprained a knee about three weeks ago. They were thinking two to four weeks. So uh, again, a guy you don't want to hurry back, obviously. But uh, you know, I, I can see it now if EK does come back, and you know, obviously their net is in the tank. They're in last place, but I could see some nervous coaches playing Wyoming at the Mountain West tournament, like Nevada. Well, Yes, over the next five weeks. Yeah. yeah, teams that are on the fringe, and then you lose to Wyoming, and with their net ranking, and you're like, it's not fair because they have EK now. <laughs> That's uh, well, I'm I don't care. I mean, they get right. back, they win the tournament. That's they, not Wyoming's problem. They can hit the road. I don't care. It was a bad break for Wyoming athletics, big time. And I do believe if Iki's in that lineup and you got Winslow and this whole team healthy, Wyoming will be an absolute threat in that tournament. Now, the problem is you might have to win four games regardless. Yeah, but, they're going to have to win four games now. But the women's team did it a couple of years ago, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. No, I mean, if you get everyone back, you have that depth you've been talking about that's been non-existent with half the guys out every game. So, Ian, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Thanks for letting me ramble you. on for a yeah. little while. So, <laughs> and uh, you know, we'll see what happens on Wednesday. Probably not anything earth shattering, earth shattering, but you never know. Uh, there could be a portal guy that's desperate, that's maybe above Wyoming's level. That you know, there's a lot of guys in the portal with a lot of talent that have not been picked up. So that's true. You never know. That's true. Yes, absolutely. All right, thanks, everybody. Ryan. Yep. Thanks, thanks for having you. me. I okay. appreciate it. Take See you care. soon.